Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash musicals to cheese and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash musicals to cheese. Also, a huge special thanks to our patrons over at Patreon. Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lehrer, Chris <laughs> Kelly, Lily Ackles, and they are all wonderful people. They give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you would like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, we have one of the Music Man from 2003 up there Matthew right Broderick now. Matthew Broderick and his as, excellent performance, as always. As well as our Cats commentary and our full Tony's live stream, so that'll be fun. You'll also get our episodes a day early and a bunch of other cool stuff that are still to come, so come on, join us on Patreon, give us money. It's great, we love you. Uh, we also have a Amazon affiliate link in the description of all of our episodes, so if you're going to buy anything on Amazon and want to support us in doing so, just click that link before you purchase and we will receive a, a small portion of whatever you spend. We At like no money. extra cost to you, of course. No extra cost, just give us money. All right, let's get on to the real show. <laughs> I just love how shameless oh. Jess is. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I am Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. And today we have a special guest. Another special guest. We have all the guests coming on. All the guests, and they're all very special. We have Casey, a.k.a. Miss Nightmare. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing today, Casey? I'm doing very good actually uh just been incredibly busy trying to get videos out trying to do a move all the things you know what you need you need to be more chill yeah <laughs> i totally do um i've heard of this pill and it might be from japan it's gray oblong pill yeah um, oh wait isn't that the one where you have an ai that could be any celebrity you want no it's an ambient you just it's, it it's ambient it just makes you fall asleep <laughs> Plot, plot twist to be more chill the whole thing it's jacob's ladder style what are we talking about this week casey we're talking about be more chill more specifically the broadway version be more chill take your hands out of your pockets arch your back pop out your chest Add some swagger to your game. You'll look like a masturbator. Fix your posture, then the rest. Oh, but I am a masturbator. We'll fix that. All your nerdiness is ugly. I thought I was more of a geek. All your stammering's a chore. Stammer? No, I, I don't stammer. Your what tics and fidgets are persistent, and your charm is non-existent. Fix your vibe, then fix some more. Stop! Be More Chill is a musical with music and lyrics by Joe Iconis and a book by Joe Trax, based on the 2004 novel of the same name by Ned Vizzini. After a 2015 regional theater production, the musical premiered off-Broadway in 2018. A Broadway production began previews on February 13, 2019 and officially opened on March 10, 2019. 
Despite a strong fan following online, the show has received mixed critical reviews. Terry Teachout from the Wall Street Journal wrote, Be More Chill is one of the strongest new musicals of the past decade, a charming, astutely crafted tale of neurotic post-millennial geeks in love whose appeal is in no way limited to those of whom it portrays. Um, more or less, um, it is mixed. It is very mixed. Like, even Stephen Sondheim went to see it and walked out in the middle of Act One. So, yeah, really, I saw that video and I'm like, wow. Look, the man has places to be. He's a busy guy, okay? He's 95 years old. He needed to change his dependence. <laughs> Jess, I'm, I'm curious as to what you think of Be More Chill more than anything, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious, too. What, why, what makes you so curious? Like, what? what? It's it, This is structured more like a teenage like uh, movie, almost, mm-hmm. than it is a musical. And I think that that's really interesting... And I, I want to see your opinion on that. Basically, I just want to see how you feel about it because you're you're the music theater guy, you know. <laughs> in theory, um, in theory, I am I am very positive about this. Um, I can't ignore its downfalls, and there are tons of them, both in the original production and in the new Broadway production. I think there are glaring issues with both the story structure and the lyric writing, and a bunch of things like that, and. The Broadway production tries to fix it, but in the attempt to do so, it also feels panderous, where the original version felt very naturally um, relating to the people of today. Um, I like it, and I'm one of its few defenders, but if people are going to start pointing out its flaws, I can't just be like, no, those don't exist. What about you, Casey? What did you think? Me? Well, uh, I'll quickly say my history how I got introduced to it was from uh, Thomas Sanders' music video of like not music video video about trying to guess different musicals and he sang one of the most famous songs michael in the bathroom i listened to the whole album this is a musical that does wonderfully of following this like nerdy kid somehow find a way to become popular by this thing from japan but then you realize this is not really helping him like for me per- it personally more how they did in the broadway version uh it's more about depression, but done in a completely different way. And I like how they did some changes in the Broadway. A couple lyrics are changed here and there. I think uh, only there's only two gripes I have. One is Will Rowland only in More Than Survive? And then uh, the very, very outdated Keanu Reeves impersonation for... Uh, the actor. It's not outdated anymore. Keanu Reeves is back. Keanu Reeves is back. Everyone is talking about him. He's all over the internet right now. He's got puppies. Yeah, the E3 appearance is uh, very relevant uh, two weeks after the fact when this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, well, the thing is that they're using the Matrix impersonation, which is kind of more... I thought it was part. more of a uh, a Bill and Ted impersonation, honestly. Yeah, I felt Bill and Ted. Which is even older. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, yeah, older God, I don't know how Keanu Reeves is going to do it for Phil and Ted 3. Anyway, when, only that impersonation kind of bugged me, but even then, this is a musical that does well not only for that for high school and how it is being in that time period and seeing about love, depression, anxiety. It does well knowing that to accept yourself and yeah, you're going to have all these voices talking to you, but you just gotta just listen to the one voice that is gonna 
help you and say, you can do this and you're going to be awesome at it. I think it has a lot of the same themes that we saw in something like Dear Evan Hansen with the same basic music style as well. But instead of having him mooch off of a suicide, we have him take a science pill. And I think that that is much more palatable um, for me anyways. So I, I'll, I think this is like the good version of Dear Evan Hansen almost, or at least a decent version. <laughs> Although I, I don't know how you feel about Dear Evan Hansen, but I was never. I, was never uh, I actually kind of like the album only. I never saw the Broadway show. Uh, like, but I can say there's a weird connection with Dear Evan Hansen, where the original actor from that, who was Evan's friend, Will Roland, is the main character, B. Marshall. So you have a connection there between both shows. But Andrew, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. I mean, Casey and I gave our general thoughts. I also kind of want you to tell us the general plot of this musical. Be More Chill is, well, I had no idea going into this what it was. So going into it, and on initial glance, it's another high school drama love story. And that's it. But then when you really get into it, it turns into this sci-fi story with uh, Keanu Reeves in his head and controlling his actions and telling him what to say to become popular, um, which in the end becomes a, like, evil computer story. It's incredibly cliche in a lot of ways. Like, this is a story that you've seen probably a hundred times on children's cartoons and blockbuster movies and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's interesting to see it done as a musical, um, especially in like the high school setting. Uh, it kind of gave me like goofy movie vibes. If that makes what any sense. Goofy movie. Yeah, the goofy movie with uh, Max is a uh, you know the the klutzy kid who wants to fall in love with the uh, you know cute girl that's kind of a like dramatic. I I don't know. Oh and then you mix God. mix that with, uh, I have no idea, some uh, some sci-fi plot. <laughs> I was gonna what? say, would that mean if Max took the pill, would Powerline be the supercomputer in his head? Absolutely, that would be actually yeah. awesome. I have a Powerline <laughs> T-shirt. Uh, I'll, it's it's great. <laughs> oh my god. The plot is once as you said cliche, but a lot of people have described it as my fair lady meets a little shop of horrors with a little bit of like blaze or blazing saddles. Um, blazing blade saddles. Runner. <laughs> blade runner sprinkled in. Yeah, I mean you I can see that, but it honestly reminds me more of like a, a failed plot of like an episode of my life is a teenage robot or something like that. Oh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it reminds me of one of those type of like cartoon plots where, you know, Oh, this will make me popular. And Oh, geez, it failed miserably. And it, Oh, I have to fix it. And then mm -hmm. they fix it. And that's the end. <laughs> now this musical really resonated with young people, millennial, like Millennials, Gen Xers, like younger millennials, because most millennials are in their forties now. Um, but <laughs> also Tumblr. I mean, also yeah, Tumblr. Tumblr. But the thing is, what do you think resonated with them so much? Whereas, literally, just by word of mouth alone, this show has made its way to Broadway. I think personally, 
it would be how the characters are like there are different representations of like like yeah people in high school but they're more how they see themselves like they see themselves as jeremy they see themselves as michael they see themselves as christine they see a piece of themselves as these characters like even uh rich the bully like even at the end like when he realizes that he's like bi like they're it helps of uh, kids to understand the different genders and different sexualities and get to discovering themselves with this. And also this was more like the, like in act two, the film is handled more with a supercomputer with Keanu Reeves as more of a sign of depression, more pronouncedly in this version of the show than the original one. Well, you have, um, you have things like the father having to, uh, rise up to save him by coming out of his own depression so you can kind of see that resonate between the two of them there i would say if you look at other popular media among that age group things like um we've talked about before fucking what's that archie show that's fucking popular riverdale Riverdale. it's like it's like that pretty much as a musical where you have like these basic teen characters that go through things that are relatable um, but then you have this higher element that makes it more entertaining. So mm-hmm. I could definitely see how this would appeal to that that audience. But in the same way, because of that, this has no appeal for someone older. Like I, you can, you I can absolutely see why Stephen Sondheim would just walk out of something yeah. like this. <laughs> like what is he? He's gonna look at this and he's gonna be like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> no, you're. He's just seen flossing being used as part of a dance routine here yeah like this is not okay this Fortnite shit get it off my stage (laughs) but funnily enough this musical also seems to not understand video games or at least not video games in any kind of modern context (laughs) no the video game part well it understands video games on a level of like i'm a gamer because i watch uh you know, some YouTuber talk about Mario, but like, if you are looking at like actual gamers who are going to be the guys drinking Mountain Dew and Doritos, they would look at this and they'd be like, they're playing Doom as a two player game. What the hell? Are, like, no, they're not playing Doom. They're playing Apocalypse of the Day. It just happens to have the same graphics as Doom. That doesn't make sense either. Like, who's playing Doom in 2019? Um, <laughs> given the fact that in the song they like playing out of print games. Yeah, they're playing Alaprint games because it's fun. It bothers me that they say that Nintendo zombies when Nintendo is very known for being family friendly and not doing like any violent games. Doom was on Uh, Nintendo systems, though. Yeah, like, is it like they did a lot of announcements with the Switch recently and there's like Contra and a few others. Oh, yeah, Contra is a good one. They could have been playing Contra. That's an actual two player game. You know, like any of these games, like. (laughs) would show like i feel like the gaming cloud in this and i know it's really dumb for me of all people to start talking about gaming cloud um it feels disingenuous it feels like it's tapping into something that they think oh this is popular right instead of like actually wanting to do it's unnecessary too because they're not trying to hit the gamer crowd they're trying to hit um like the theater kid crowd and in like that type of thing um which is a totally different crowd than the gamers and the stoners, which I found that weird as well, that they're, they have a stoner as the secondary uh, character there. Yeah. Um, which is, 
I don't feel like that's the type of person that's going to be watching this, but I, I suppose, you know. Mm. I am in the bathroom by myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No. <laughs> what, what do you think, Jess? Like, what, why do you think this had the appeal it does? Um, I think it has the appeal it does because there, like, there are certain things that I think speaks true to younger generations, and I felt it too. Like, there were things in here that I'd never seen before in this specific way, like how offhandedly they reference suicide, and that's mm -hmm. something I used to do a lot when I was a kid. I'd just be like, oh, I'm just gonna kill myself later, that's fine. That's something that a lot of kids do. Like, when she's like, not depressed, just like, kill myself depressed. No, I'm not into self-harm, look at, take a look here, dude, look see my arm or like when michael's like i could off myself instead i wish i was never born which that was a that's one of the more darker ones and this is coming from like uh like the secondary main character and you're like holy shit oh yeah i was gonna compare it to dear evan hansen because dear evan hansen has a lot of suicide references but they take themselves way too seriously with it yeah which and is like disingenuous yeah, it's disingenuous, which is why I feel like that show doesn't connect as well with the younger audience as yeah. this one does. Because that show takes suicide so seriously, and every time they mention it, you know that it's like an actual thing that they're talking about and not like an offhand reference, which is how people, younger people actually talk about that type of stuff, is like as right. offhand references and like, maybe it's serious, maybe it's not, who knows. <laughs> um, and then, um, oh my goodness. There's so many comparisons to Dear Evan Hansen you can make with this. Do you guys want to talk about the characters a bit? Because I feel like that's where the biggest strength in the show is, is the fact that they have some very strong characters within it. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's talk about Jeremy. He likes to jerk off. He establishes that very quickly. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like, I'm waiting for my porn to load. Like, okay. I gotta say that none of the masturbation jokes landed for me at all. No, but also because it's another disingenuous thing. When your porno's loading, like, what year are you in? Well, where does his dad not pay for the internet? Like, maybe he's using his cell service? I got an idea. It's Spectrum. Oh, Spectrum's Spectrum. garbage. That, you could be using Spectrum trying to download it, or it could be a giant, uh, video. Fuck, are you downloading a 4K porno? With Jeremy, it's definitely hentai. Like, there's just no way. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's looking at cartoons. He's not looking at actual women. Well, given the fact that one of the options that Keanu Reeves could have turned into was a sexy enemy catgirl, yeah, it could have been head time. Well, I'm surprised he is, didn't pick that one. Christine Canigula <laughs> is probably the closest thing to like hentai in real life. No, Christine is the girl that is not very popular, or at least not comparatively so. So he thinks that he has a chance with her. Yeah, she's basically the nerdy theater kid, which I can relate to that. Because I was, she kind of added a bit how I would be when I was, like, in like later years in high school. I think a lot of the people that are fans of the show can relate to her. But the thing is, she doesn't have much of a character outside of the fact that she has something that she likes. We don't really know. That's not know. true. That's not true. She no. has her love story with um, the jock character and everything. Jake. Jake the jock. Which I actually think that that's interesting that she, because usually they wouldn't do that. She would just be like too shy and like oh i'm just not really i'm not ready for something like that but instead she's like totally ready for it she's like i'm gonna go out with this jock character so i i, I like that plot well, point i don't know yeah given the fact that he actually approaches her not the other way around that's completely different jess is like glaring at me he's like no 
<laughs> no, what were you going to say, Jess? What? Tell us how you really feel. But these are things that are happening to her, not things about her. But they are things about her, though. Yeah, she was Julia. She was uh, Blanche Shuraw. She's talking like she uh, is a sweet, very kind character. Like she was even concerned when Jeremy had took the the pill. Like he was having a little seizure in the mall and was concerned for him when he was having his seizures. Like she's a very sweet, caring person. She can be. At- energetic when she wants to be she has her weaknesses she is how she is as a a person and i can see that for her like even then like she's like oh do i really like this guy who i never thought i'd be into i should i really do that and saying this to jeremy because like she sees jeremy as a nice friend and just she's not 100 percent sure but it's more she's also growing up for as like an adult because like she Never thought she could have this at all. She, for being she like has more of a character than uh, Roxanne from the Goofy movie. We'll say that. I will agree with that. I can agree with that, too. <laughs> I mean, I think that a lot of what comes from Christine's personality comes from the prefer- performance from Stephanie Shu. if you want the honest Oh, answer. yeah. That might be true. You might be right about that. Because there isn't actually much written into it. Yes. On the page, she is not much of a character. The fact that Stephanie Shue is able to elevate that makes it really effective on stage. We didn't talk very much about Jeremy other than that he likes to jerk off. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <laughs> okay, well, I meant to jerk. Jeremy is more of the awkward, nerdy guy who is very, very shy, not really confident. Pretty sure he knows knows that he has panic attacks at school. He needs to wear glasses because he's a nerd. And then he suddenly gets the pill and he teaches him to be like, hey, don't slouch. Uh, wear this Eminem shirt. Oh, I fixed he your He turns vision. into a jerk and everyone loves him. Like, no, he basically <laughs> kind of is like a different version of his character for Will uh, Roland. It's like a different version of his character from Dear Evan Hansen. But at least that character redeems himself in it. Like, only Will I was so hesitant with Will Roland because I liked Will Connolly from the original production. Will Roland only in more than survive, I just don't feel it. Only in the later songs, I can feel his character and the emotion. Like I know the word survive is like the opener, but I just didn't feel it from him. Especially because like in the good morning part, he just seems so annoyed. I'm like, yawn, damn it, yawn. <laughs> Um, I'm with you. I think Will Connolly's performance feels more like an actual human being, whereas Will Roland plays it like the stereotypical I'm Miracle nerd, which bothers me a lot. <laughs> that would have but, been really annoying, yeah. Oh my god. But at least after the more than survive that I know from the album and the couple clips I have seen of the Broadway show, because I haven't had I wasn't able to see the Broadway show before this anyway. Uh, I see him more as a, a nerd. And then having the pill and realizing his mistakes and trying to fix himself and actually still becomes a better person than he was in the beginning. Will Connolly felt like a generally sweet, nerdy guy that you would be okay with and you feel bad when the pill of the... I'm going to just call it the, the pill of Keanu Reeves because, damn it, I can't. <laughs> uh, basically, like, corrupts him and you just want to see him get out of it. And you're happy that he succeeds. And he's still himself, but he has grown a bit. 
Um, we should talk about um Michael. 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 Michael, who is, I think, Jess's favorite character. I yes. like Michael, too. So what do you like so much about Michael, Jess? Is it that you see yourself in him because you're a stoner and you're uh, a loser? I am only one of those things. Guess which one? Loser. Um, loser. Oh, yeah. Loser. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I am. Um, I like... <laughs> I like Michael because he's very openly emotional about a male friendship without being outwardly in a romantic connection with them, which is something I find rare in all forms of media. And I think just how directly he states it is one of the main reasons why the show picked up. Like the Michael in the bathroom song really caught traction more than everything else because it is such an honest feeling. And there has been the sense the Michael Jeremy Shippers, which is great i'm glad you guys find something you support but also like i like the platonic love because yeah, I don't I, i'm gonna often. ship jeremy and some hentai girl not not jeremy and michael i see more of a platon a best friend's friendship with jeremy and michael but if you love if you shippers love it go right ahead i don't like the shipping at all i'm gonna be totally against it um there they we need more platonic male relationships like this where it's honest and open oh, and we yeah. don't get very much of that yeah, Andrew, we don't. <laughs> Jess, we're not friends, okay? We all know this. <laughs> I, I come I come here for the money, and I, I mooch off you. Wait, <laughs> hold on one second. I ship it. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, that is hot, and, like, the second we get fan art above that, I mean, I'll be... Guys, you gotta... Jess is a power bottom. <laughs> So submit your fan art to musical theater lives at gmail.com or send it directly to me on Facebook if you'd like. <laughs> I love Michael, I think. He he's maybe the best character. Uh, actually definitely the best character. The only thing I don't love about him is he's just like they he's a stoner for no reason. I think they just wanted to have a Bob Marley section. <laughs> He just, that never really comes up much. It's just like that one time. He's a very nice person, very sweet and kind. In the Michael in the Bathroom segment, like he, the whole song is basically him having a freaking panic attack. I feel like he uses uh, legal marijuana uh, to calm down from panic attacks like that. It helps to calm him down from What him. state does this take, take, take place in? Is this Massachusetts? Is this California? Jersey. Jersey, is it legal there? I don't know. Is Michael a federal criminal? <laughs> yes. I don't know. But All right. I, but he's like the, a nice best friend. Even when uh, the pants on, like it takes Jeremy's dad to get like Michael the pants on to go sit save his best friend because Michael, uh, not Michael, uh, Jeremy's dad knows that the only one who could get through to him, that's not him because he doesn't know much with his son, is his best friend Michael. And Michael does that. The one thing surprising about Michael is that he does come back, which honestly he shouldn't have. But you know what? Aww. That's that's what friends do, I guess. Yeah. Is there any other characters worth talking about? I mean, you um, have you have Rich, you have the dad. Um, what about the Squip itself? Like that is the Squip a character? Yes, I say the Squip is a character. As much as Audrey too is. All right. So what what would you say of that? The squip is his own, like it's a nano. It's a gray oblong quantum uh, nanotechnology CPU that it plants in your brain, tells you what to do. 
it could be anything for a physical representation that you, only you can see. But even then, it's like it's learning with you. It's growing. It's learning because it's a fucking computer. But and, emotionally, though, how does it like? Does it have emotions, or is it literally just there to take over everyone's mind? I feel like the motivation is not clear. Well, for me personally, I think as it grows with uh, the host and learns more about how humans and thinks like, oh, okay, my human's not happy. How do I make my human happy? Oh, I know. Why don't we accept the whole school with squids that we everyone knows how you are and they can understand you better? Like, but that's the, the thing is, that's the only logic the script sees because it's a computer. It does not care. Even then when it's like, oh, I anticipated you betraying me. I don't care if here if you don't like this. I'm still going to do it because I want to make sure that everybody knows how you're going through. It doesn't even care about Jeremy's own feelings of how it's going to be because the script overall, like I mentioned earlier, is a version of depression. It's the voice in your head that tells you all these things like, you are ugly. You are terrible. Everything about you makes me want to die. It's depression personified as Keanu Reeves. I mean, I see that. That's a great take. But I also, looking back in the original Off-Broadway production, there is very much a character that has intent in action from the very beginning that is just like, I'm going to take over the school, even if I have to use this little kid to do it. The thing I see, at least in in the Broadway version we watched, is that they maybe took some of that out, but like, in the first act, there's not very much of him like, I'm going to take over everyone else. That doesn't really show up until the end. So that is kind of feels out of nowhere for me. Um, so the motivation's a little lost. Is that different in the in the other like off Broadway or? I think so, because Eric William Morris is able to get more of an actual personality across than just Keanu Reeves is, because Eric William Morris basically just uses his own voice, and he's like, get your hands out of your pockets, come on, come on, kid, loosen up, he's kind of like just a guy, as opposed to Keanu Reeves. I guess they they wanted to go with a more fan crowd-pleasing Yeah. Don't give us wrong, Jason Tan did a great job, because even when the parts where he breaks out of the Keanu Reeves impersonation, he does great. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, he's Keanu Reeves as the squid. That's going to be a weird film adaptation. I'm interested. I'm excited. I hope they get Keanu Reeves for the film adaptation. Yeah. I bet you they can. It's, I, I guess it depends down. on the budget. It depends on the budget. Yeah. Well, he appeared in like a rom-com on Netflix. He could do anything. He's on uh-huh. Toy Story 4. He could do anything. Toy Story 4 is a pretty high budget. guys sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show but today's show is brought to you by audible audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership just go to audibletrial.com musicals with cheese and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs download a title free and start listening it's that easy go to audibletrial.com musicals with cheese to get started today why audible audible's offering content and an unmatched selection of audiobooks Audio, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. This week, I am suggesting Be More Chill by Ned Vizzini, narrated by Ramon de Ocampo. Um, I, w- I have no idea why I'm recommending that. Um, to download your free <laughs> audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash musicals with cheese. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash musicals with cheese for your free audiobook. All right, folks, let's get back to the show. I don't want to be a hero. 
Just wanna stay in the line I'll never be robbed in Nero For me, Joe Pesci is fine And so I follow my own rules And I use them as my tools To stay alive I don't wanna be special, no, no I just wanna survive Come on so let's talk about More Than Survive as a song. A lot of the songs sound very similar in like samey to me, um, which is kind of, I think I had a similar complaint with Dear Evan Hansen where there's like a lot of, uh, a lot of songs that really sound the same. And it doesn't help that this sounds exactly like Dear Evan Hansen uh, in terms of their music style, at least in my opinion. Uh, maybe others can very distinctly tell the two apart. I know I've, I've talked to my, uh, my girlfriend about it and she has only heard michael in the bathroom and she thought that was from dear evan hansen so wow. <laughs> uh, <Wow. oops. laughs> um so you know there's there's that yeah we'll go we can go into more than survive specifically as well if you want <laughs> yeah no more than survive is an opener which it i like the change they did to it it's nice you get to know more of the other characters this is a song that does well to establish a normal everyday school day for Jeremy, and then something different happens when he realizes, hey, I'm going to make this big step and sign up for the school play. And then he just, like, he gets it, gets made fun of, and he's like, I, I'm not going to be cool. I'm not going to be like like George Clooney. I can't be Rob De Niro. I'm okay with being Joe Pesci. I mean, I, I gotta be honest, Joe Pesci is cooler than Rob De Niro, but uh... Whatever your opinion is, man. <laughs> oh, again, this is just Jeremy here. So, like, uh, but the thing is, he realizes he'll just try his best to try and survive high school for, well, this is like his junior, so he'll survive it for another two years. So this is, um, I think this is an interesting song, because I, this is, I'm going to talk about music theater structure, huh? Okay, Jess, Go for how's it. that? Go for it. Is this the is this okay. like an introduction song as well as an I want song, like all combined into one thing? Yep, because he doesn't have an I want song until like yeah, this is his I want song. This is it though. This it, literally the title's more than survive, which is what he yep. wants to do. Um, That's a location and character needs. But I do have a complaint with this song, and listening to it a few times, it feels like they just want to get everything out of the way like super fast. So they like they're like okay. This is the main character. Here's like a second song within this song about his friend. Here's like a third song within the same song about his girlfriend that he wants. Um, and it's like they just set everything up so quick in, in like an eight minute song and they set everything up. It, I don't know. Exactly. I, I feel like I would have liked ahead. it better if they spread it out a little bit and uh, have it be so it gets more time natural. a little bit. Yeah, a little more natural feeling rather than like, all right, quick, we got to get into this because we have this sci fi shit that we have to explain. <laughs> no, well, I think more importantly, like it, I like this one because it actually shows the characters a bit more. Because like we in the original, it's like we don't really get introduced to these characters at all at length. Like for if for the if even for the for the album, we don't get introduced much for the original stage show. We get introduced as extended portion that you don't show in the original album. So it's like we don't get to know these characters. We don't get to know why. Rich, like, says, don't touch me, toss, and then immediately starts a conversation with somebody else. I'm like, what the fuck? What do you think, Jess? I think the song is effective, and I kind of appreciate the fact that it kind of covers a lot of ground, but I understand the way that you feel it's a little bit 
scatterbrained. But despite that scatterbrained feeling, you understand each and every character, their needs, their desires, and who they are, both musically as well as that. Um, it sets up a lot of themes, like um, Michael's theme, which uh, Michael in the bathroom is played there. Um, Christine's Christine theme and all that. Which I find, I honestly find that obnoxious a little bit. Yes, I, I get that. <laughs> way too on the nose like musically you set up a theme you want it to be a little more subtle like this is like dead in your face like you're saying her name as the theme it's like <laughs> okay okay granted i don't like how will roland says it because he makes it sound so awful i like will Conley because he's actually being sweet i will say that every single the fact that every single theme is set up like the more i think about it like you set up the rich set of fire and he burned down the house that's set up here um when you see jenna roland you see the do you want to ride do you want to when you see the two girls um like everyone's individualized theme is set up here really really well it's like they combined the like setting song the i want song and the overture all into one song honestly yes <laughs> and it shouldn't work as well as it does and i'm not claiming that it works perfectly but i say it works pretty darn well uh i they also establish one other theme in this though that is uh that you didn't mention uh which is terrible lyrics that are really cringy <laughs> <laughs> what lyric are you thinking specifically oh the fucking the one about my Bob Marley song is on, and now it's over, so now I can talk about something else. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, what is happening here? This is so bad. You're listening to Bob Marley again, aren't you? Oh, I'm listening to Marley, and the groove is hella gnarly, and we're almost at the end of this song. Yeah, that was the end. Now tell me, friend, how was class? You look like ass. What's wrong? Yeah, yes. it's awful. It's so bad. <laughs> Aww. And I'm not even a lyric guy. Like I can usually forgive like bad lyrics, but that really just oh my god. Some of the lyrics in this stand out so much as like that is bad. <laughs> that I mean, and in like in like two player game, it's also like there's so many cringe lines that are I just can't take. <laughs> the only thing that I find like really hard to stomach in more than survive is the come on, come on, which is like it's like establishing that he has a stutter, but he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a stutter. It makes more sense for the original actor for the original production, but here it's like, does he have a stutter in like the original version or something no! like that? No, he just no. Set, delivers it much better. Yeah, in in that one, I was like, oh geez, he's gonna have a stutter through the whole thing. It's gonna be annoying. <laughs> but he does. Musicalized stutter would be really cool in a musical. The more I think about it, it would if it's written very well. It would also be really annoying if it's written poorly. <laughs> like I'm just picturing every song has him going it's like oh my god stop make this stop <laughs> nothing against right. people with stutters but you know it's it's different when it's entertain it's entertainment and like I'm meant to be entertained <laughs> find the bad guy push him aside then move on board with your friend at your side it's a two player game so when they make an attack you know you got a brother gonna have your back then you stay on track and I'll remain on course and if they can you got to use your force and you leave your brother behind this lane because it's an effed up world but it's a two-player game hey do you guys want to talk about two-player game yeah yeah i like the song i know it's not perfect but i do like it even the fact that it does feel a little disingenuous i like the chip tune uh like 
thing they go into where they have it sound like a something you'd hear in a retro game. That's neat. Um, it hasn't really been used before as far as what I've seen. So I think that's cool. I will say every single time that they go in and they're yelling like zombie and shit is like, I want to like die of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you've done that? <laughs> no, because that is not at all how gamers talk. And it's like, oh, please make this stop. <laughs> mine would be like i'm sometimes play gaming i i do a little overwatch i basically go like no 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 ah, fuck you. That in, in horror games i guess but they weren't playing a horror game they were playing a shooter yeah. i don't know i'm not sure a, I, I don't a zombie know. shooter what do you like, think jess i know you like the song i like the song um i think i like more the emotion that comes from it more than like the goofier elements like, I really like when it slows down and it gets honest and you get that relationship like, you know that you are my favorite person and like setting up like everything that they're going to go through together and setting up everything that Jeremy's going to betray later. The thing is, it does some things like so disingenuous in that, but that moment seems very genuine where he's like, you really mean that I'm your favorite person? Like, it sets up so much of their relationship without like having to be pandering it doesn't feel pandering it feels like good character development and i feel like this is joe iconis's big first step like i love to see what he does in a more character-centric piece that isn't about high school yeah high schoolers are not the best thing to write character studies on uh, glee <clears throat> oh, wait what who said that oh i don't want to watch glee it's no no glee Whoa, everything about you makes me want to die Jesus Christ. So don't freak out and don't resist and have no doubt if I assist you will be more chill. Um, Let's talk about be more chill really quick where the squip comes in. This is a song that establishes um, the squip Trying to help Jeremy out. Um, I love the Keanu Reeves voice. I think it's great. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's better without it. I love it. I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> hey Casey, do you know what the really uh, old original lyrics were that kind are super problematic? Uh, let's see which problematic one. Um, there was one like in a very early production that he had Will Conley and Eric William Morris at. They're like at a TED Talk, and they sang it, and here are the original lyrics. All your stammering's a chore. Every lame characteristic makes you come off as autistic. We'll fix your vibe and then some more. Wait, that was a lyric? <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm grateful he didn't put that in there then. And that makes me appreciate the... E Equally terrible line, add some swagger to your gate or you'll look like a masturbator. So it's okay to make fun of masturbators, but it's <laughs> not okay to make fun of autistic. Come on. Yes! I didn't know about that original line. That that surprised me. I don't know. It's it's about as edgy as the line, um, uh, the, uh, we're signing up for the school play as a ticket to be called gay. Yeah, that one's still cringy too. Yeah, at least he kind of made up with, I love gay people. That feels well, like mean, a copy-pasted line, time, just though, that's, a, that's a rubber stamp line to be like, ah, see, we like gays. But that's, uh, it's, um, that's how high schoolers talk, though. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I can, I can appreciate a little edgy humor in a high school show. <laughs> mm, 
Michael in the bathroom at a party. This is a heinous night. I wish I stayed at home in bed watching cable porn. Or wish I off myself instead. Wish I was never born. Ah, cause Michael, who's a loner, so he must be a stoner. Rides a PT Cruiser. God, he's such a Michael in the bathroom. Michael in the bathroom. Is this like everyone's favorite song from this show or something? Basically. I didn't love it. it. I don't know. It's okay. Why do you think it's, why are you indifferent to this so much, Andrew? Well, it's just kind of, uh, I don't, maybe it's just because I've heard so many of this, like this song where it's like, oh, it's the emotional moment and it's like a sappy pop song. <laughs> it's just, uh, musically, I, I'm not talking lyrics or themes or anything. Musically, it doesn't stand out to me in any real way. I think performance-wise is where it really stands out. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I think like this is a song is okay. Like, maybe a little less than okay. But the performance by um, George Salazar really makes it stand out because he is going through an entire journey as he sings this song, which in the other hands would likely be not that entertaining. Well, it's just like, in any other hands, it's just, here's a sappy guy whining to a pop song. Uh, and, and like, like you know, you get James Corden to sing it, and it's like, oh man, this is cringy. Yeah, I have heard, <laughs> I think I heard that, but I didn't see it. How was that? Cringy. Oh dear. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh, for me, with Michael in the bathroom, it's a song that does well, showing more of Michael's character that we never really seen. We think he's a happy-go-lucky guy, but really, uh, realizing that he. It is depressed. He he's only happy with his best friend. He's only happy with his and best he, friend, he and his it. best friend is no longer Might there anymore. Oh, and then he's like, he's also during like the song, like the lead up to the song. He had a big fight with Jeremy, and Jeremy just called him a loser. And it's like heartbreaking for Michael to hear his best friend say that to him. And he's having a panic attack in the bathroom at the biggest party of the fall. The worst. Thing for him, I'd hug him. Yeah, I would too. Only if he's him. on the toilet, and by force. Only by, by force. <laughs> not by force, Jess. You're going too far. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, I'm giving you a poop hug, whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no! <laughs> it's time for the trivia challenge. Trivia right. challenge. I'm just gonna pick. Uh, the guest gets to go first. Um, Yay! Guest gets to go first. All right. Uh, are you ready for your question? Yes. The book writer of Be More Chill, uh, Joe uh, Trax, is that is that right? Is also well known for another fantasy teen musical. What is that musical? Oh, uh, the Lightning Thief. Yes, that is correct. Yay! Uh, that's uh, the Percy Percy Jackson musical, The Lightning Thief. I got half, which I'm okay with that. We have not talked about yet, but Jess says it's really good. I enjoyed it. All right, Jess, are you ready for your question? I am. I got glasses in my mouth. Let's go. Let's see. Uh, soda plays a big role in the musical. Uh, we know to deactivate a squip, it's with Mountain Dew Red. But how do you activate one? Normal Mountain Dew. And what color would that be? Green. Ah. 
He's a true gamer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're tied 1-1. It is Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel with Doritos <laughs> mixed in. <laughs> it's the only way to activate it. It's from Japan. Yeah. <laughs> it's a CP. Your next question. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, name one other musical by songwriter Joe Iconis. Oh, no. I just looked at this. Uh, you can't look it up. Gotta, I, it's got to be off the top of your head here. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Rock and Roll Friday? There was, it was not called Rock and Roll Friday. <laughs> no. Blood Song of Love, the Rock and Roll Spaghetti Western is the closest name we have. Oh my god, that's what I remembered. Just what, it, what genre it was. Damn All it. All right. One last question, then. We're, we're still tied. 1-1. One, one. Okay. Uh, well, not one last question. There will be a, a, one more additional question after that. Uh, Joe Iconis, the man who created the music and lyrics for Be More Chill, also created six other musicals. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so, I'm gonna go hard on Jess here. Um, can, you name, can you name two more? Um, yes. Um, he's about to do one called Broadway Bounty Hunter, and he's also going to do one, The Plant That Ate Dirty Socks, that I saw on his Facebook a long time ago. And, of course, the Bird Song of Love, Blood Song of Love, the Rock and Roll Spaghetti Western. All right. Well, that's two points for Jess Fuck. and uh, one, one point for Casey here. Fuck. But um, let me get our bonus question prepared. Now, the bonus questions are worth two points. The most stolen food item in the world is cheese. Uh, what percent of all cheese is stolen? 16. 90. Uh, you're both incorrect, sadly. <laughs> these bonus questions. Uh, nobody's nobody's cashing in these bonus points. But you're both incorrect, sadly. It is a uh, 4%. 4% of all cheese is stolen. Wow. I guess I'll never be perfect. That does make Jess... Our, our reigning champion for the trivia challenge at the moment. Uh-huh. I'm the best around. Nothing's ever ever gonna bring me down. <laughs> All right, Casey, I know you've got a ton of things you want to promote out there, but before we do that, what is your overall thoughts on Be More Chill and your cheese rating? Oh, this is just a wonderful musical. I love the characters. I love the plot. The songs are great. If you want a nice, like, modern musical that is actually original i recommend that and the original version my cheese rating oh uh I, that's a little bit challenged but i think i'm gonna go with cheddar because yes it's cheesy but i love it hey andrew what about your overall thoughts and your cheese rating my overall thoughts on this is there's a lot of strong um ideas and decent music. There's also a lot of things, factors that go into kind of hurting the show. Uh, lyrically, um, some of the... Oh, I'm not going to lie here. A lot of the jokes, for me, didn't land at all. Um, but of course, I don't think I'm the target audience, so I think a lot of this, your enjoyment here, is comes from who, who you are and if you're part of the audience they're trying to uh, engage. Um, I will say that this does feel like a much better version of Dear Evan Hansen, and it hits a lot of the same themes and a lot of the same music. Uh, 
without being as insulting, <laughs> I guess, is my thought. Um, so, um, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I also don't think I wouldn't recommend it. I, I don't know. It's kind of like a, it depends who I'm talking to, whether or not I recommend it. Uh, as far as a cheese rating, um, uh, Japan actually doesn't have cheese, so I'm not going to give it a cheese rating. Can I skip ahead to my cheese rating, Andrew? My cheese rating is Sakura cheese, because it's from Japan! <laughs> Japan has very little cheese, because um, wow. they don't actually have cows there, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's got mountain cherry leaves and pickled cherry blossom flowers inside the cheese, which is pretty cool. But what's your overall thoughts on this, Jess? I think this is what we've all been waiting for, really. It's a guilty pleasure musical. It's not perfect, but really, it hits a lot of emotional beats that I really appreciate. I like almost all the characters, which is really rare. I feel that when a musical is often not a character piece because it has to do so much and balance so many things, so you don't really get many introspective character moments like you do in two-player game or like between... Um, Christine and Jeremy. So I think that this is really effective in a way that a lot of musicals aren't. So I appreciate it on that thing. I think it has a lot of verisimilitude to it that it, uh, appeals to younger generations. And that is rare that the younger generation is deciding what's on Broadway as opposed to a bunch of old white men. So that is something I appreciate too. Um, I have a lot of appreciation for this show, despite the fact it's not technically the most um, groundbreaking or well-done musical in the world. I appreciate Joe Iconis and the work that he does, um, and I think it's really effective and important. Oh, you know what? One other thing I wanted to say is I like that a lot of the plot elements are more mainstream um, compared to a lot of other musicals. I think you don't you don't always you don't always see that like sci-fi type stuff outside of blockbuster films, uh, and it's nice to kind of see that in a musical that isn't terrible because you also see that in like. Spider-Man, but <laughs> that's awful. So, you know, it's nice to see that in, a, in one that isn't horrible and is actually, like, original as well. And that's I think that's the last I have to say about it. Jess, you want to call us off here? Yeah. Casey, do you want to promote some of your shit? Come on, go, yeah! go ahead and promote. I will do that. Uh, you can follow me at um, Miss Nightmare 24, which is MS Nightmare 24. You can follow my Instagram at Miss Nightmare Reviews. I, I also have a Patreon like these two. You can go on to help support me. You can do so at patreon.com slash productions. If you want to watch more video content where I see things from my childhood, might do some musicals and I'm doing upcoming live action Disney Sealons again, uh, you can go to Miss Night Reviews on YouTube to subscribe to me and also don't forget to hit the bell icon because YouTube algorithm is crazy stupid like it does. And I, yeah, fair enough. And that's all I really think for to promote with my stuff. So take it away. <laughs> Speaking of promotion, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day membership trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithgees and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithgees. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate the attention you're bringing to the show and all the love you're sending us throughout the social medias. 
um, please keep leaving us reviews on iTunes. It really helps us out, and it really lets us know what you're thinking of the show. At least until it, iTunes dies. Yeah, until <laughs> iTunes dies. Well, there's still and a just podcast app. Yes, and it becomes the podcast app. Should I just say, um, <laughs> keep reviewing us on the podcast app? Yeah, you might keep... want to. iTunes is going under pretty soon, right? Yeah, it uh, should, but I've been listening to you on the Apple podcast app, so... Yeah, uh, Apple Podcast app. That's let's go with that. We're gonna no more iTunes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Also, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, a bunch of other things at Musicals with Cheese. Um, our Twitter is at Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon is Musicals with Cheese. Send us a couple dollars. We like money because we are broke human beings here. Um, our Same Instagram here. is Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is Musicals with Cheese. There's a new video up there right now. I don't even know what it is right now. Um, our email is <laughs> oh musicaltheorlives at gmail.com. Our title card was created by Jolene Casco. Her Instagram is at Jolene Casco. So, y'all got anything you got left to say before we wrap up? Because I have one more late. thing to promote. My band has a uh, EP out. Uh, it is. Ah! It should, at least, uh, this when is this episode airing? It should definitely be out by this time. I think July 5th is when this is coming out. July 5th. It will definitely be out by then. Um, so we have our, our EP out is uh, self-titled, so it is uh, Thanks with an exclamation point. That is my band's name. Uh, and you should be able to find that on pretty much every major um, music place. Uh, check it out. We're, uh, we're like a indie rock kind of thing. Little jazzy. It's really good. I really like it. Um, and the, I'm a musical theater guy, and I don't usually like mainstream music, and I really enjoy what he does. Uh, yeah, so thank you for your consideration, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right folks say goodbye so we can wrap up goodbye bye guys we'll see you next time on musicals with cheap hey it's leslie Udom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now. And get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org. Because only together we rise. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.